Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is just Brandon, because we're starting season three. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm just okay. Oh, you poor baby. Always that new season. New season, just Brandon attitude. Gosh, you're so sassy when you're just Brandon. Well, Brandon, I have to ask, because I ask every week, how how was your week? Did you do anything awesome? Uh, and I'll tell you, just like I do every week, uh, no. You bitch. <laughs> you trifling bitch. <laughs> you trifling old bitch. Now, Brandon, you did tell me that you were going to go see the Barbie movie. Did you see it? Nope. You didn't? Oh, okay. Well, that's why, that's why you didn't tell me how it was. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's okay, Brandon. So I've been on vacation this week, so I'm actually up at a cottage right now. And, man, we sure did hobble this podcast together, didn't we, today? (laughs) Yes, this one's held together with, you know, some... Chewed gum. Crudge and... (laughs) Bits of string we found. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. But it'll sound gorgeous by the time it's done, I hope, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you'll get it there. We'll get it there. So, like, yeah, I came I came up north and I was very crappily prepared because I forgot, like, at least one cord to everything. Like, we don't have the power cord to the switch. <laughs> I don't have headphones, so we're actually on cell phones right now, like teenage girls. It's great. Uh, just enough to make everything slightly not work. Yeah, so if it sounds like shit. It's all Brandon, I promise. <laughs> Not me, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the blame for this one. Just Brandon. Ah, just Brandon. So, yeah, Brandon. Anyway, I've had a nice week off of work, which has been great. I feel really bad, though, because I'm kind of one of those people where I'm like, oh, work is calling. I should probably, like, check on it. But I'm trying to. I'm trying not to. I'm no. i trying not to. Unplug. Just like all your devices that you <laughs> left the chargers on. <laughs> I left all the chargers there. Um, but yeah, I have a nice view right now. I'm looking over some water. It's beautiful, Brandon. And I am ready to talk about Season 3, Tales from the Crypt. Are you ready? Yeah, that perfectly transitions into Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Season 3, Episode 1, Loved to Death, Brandon. I'm going to ask you, what did you think about Love to Death? It was okay. Yeah. I thought the same. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. You didn't love it to death? It was, uh, you know, <laughs> no. It was pretty similar to, you know, some stories we've seen before. The whole the whole love potion thing. It's been done. Yeah, it was just done until death. And it's always the same outcome. It is, yeah. You can kind of guess what's going to happen. Especially considering this one's called Love to Death. Like, you kind of know what's going to happen here. But, um... I don't know. There's some fun things in this episode that I'm looking forward to talking about. And the biggest thing about it, Brandon. It has a few surprises. Right. And the best thing about it is it doesn't have that blue filter. That's the secret ad. Oh, yes. No kids means they can do real nighttime. Even though I'm pretty sure this move this episode takes place entirely indoors. Yeah, um, I don't think there's any nighttime at all in this episode, but that's okay. They don't we don't need it. Okay. Maybe maybe technically. (laughs) <laughs> right at the end true 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 well uh do you want to just dive into this episode and talk all about it yeah let's start at the top okay kim are you ready for this are you gonna listen in and be like ah i feel like i'm watching the episode Mm-hmm. okay well our episode starts out with a big <laughs> golden angel statue up on a wall and it has like a felt heart or something on it and an arrow gets shot into it and we see that it's our best friend, the Crypt Keeper. And he's got a little bow and arrow in his hands with a quiver on his back. And he looks a little updated to me. What do you think? A little bit more defined, I feel. He looks different, yeah. They uh, they did some work on that puppet. Yeah, it's like they got a little bit more of a budget got or something. got a little, a little nip-tuck, a, a little, <laughs> uh, you know... He got some some lip filler. He got yeah, you know, yeah. His, I feel like he's got to be beautiful. He's on TV. His eyes are a little bit more like I don't know, realistic. Maybe I think they had a bigger budget or something, and they were like, "Let's update the Crypt Keeper," and then they did because you see, they used the Crypt Keeper in Corman's Calamity. You saw Crypt Keeper as a baby. Right now, see him beautiful. Yeah, now he's at 1991 high death. <laughs> well, anyway, he looks at us asking if we're dying for a date. You know, aching for a little prick of. And he shoots an arrow right into the heart of that statue, which starts bleeding. And he says, passion? Well, be careful what you wish for. 
Or, like the young man in tonight's terror tale, you may just get it. I call this nauseating number loved to death. This intro felt particularly short. Like, yes, it did, right? It starts, and he's he's in and out of there in, like, 15 seconds. Yeah, well, they have a season three opener to get into, you know? Love or hate the Midnight Society, but, like, you got you got a nice taste of the action before they get to the story. Yeah, even R.L. Stein spent minutes on screen. He's like, I'm here in the, yeah. the recording <laughs> <R.L>. studio. <laughs> Bored you to tears <laughs> before... You get to say cheese and die. <laughs> yeah. Before you get into, it came from beneath the sink. <laughs> I wrote this one at the bottom of the sponge. Yeah. <laughs> I was inspired by a sponge I thaw. <laughs> I, was, I, I ran out of ideas. I was like, I don't know, a sponge maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now the brand of the picture for this one, it's pretty simple. You got a big heart in the background with a little Cupid about to shoot these two people in the foreground. There's a woman in, like, some sexy lingerie and a big blonde, like, wig hair thing uh, who's got her arms wrapped around a dude and kind of is, like, lifting him up. And it doesn't seem like this man wants to be lifted up by this woman at all. Like, he's actively trying to fend her off as well as the Cupid's arrow with his hand. Also, he's got these fingers on his hands and they're all the same length and it looks really stupid to me. Yeah, it's not the best cover. I do love that Cupid... Uh, has like a grown man's face though oh yeah he's like a little baby with a grown man's face <laughs> yeah it's back it's, it reminds me of when uh people used to draw jesus you know and they used to have him have like this old man jesus face but he was a baby <laughs> i love those yeah. pictures he just always looked like that <laughs> yeah well we fade into the episode which starts with an old ass macintosh computer screen that reads fade in what does int stand for interlude introducing interior interior okay honeymoon kitchen day and this fades us into this like i don't know screenplay or whatever the hell this shit is there's i don't know it's like imagining what's Mm -hmm. happening kind of thing there's a vase with some ladles and spoons in it because you got to have that when you're cooking and a radio is there playing some generic smooth upbeat jams yeah that's what it says right in the script oh right right yeah he's Imagine he's writing all this as we're watching it. We pan over to some somebody uh, cooking up a little something-something in a pot, and then over to the kitchen table where there's just two sheet pans overflowing with flour? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Just baking some flour. Yeah, they're toasting the flour. I don't know. <laughs> You've never had grilled flour before? I haven't. I'm, I'm excited to make it, though. It's going to be in the new cookbook. We keep panning around the room to the doorway where a dog barks, and in walks a dude with a briefcase, and he says, hello to the dog, and uh, the dog has a name, but I don't remember what it was, and it doesn't matter, because guess what? This dog's not in the episode at all. It does not matter at all. Mm -mm. The woman who is cooking calls out, because she's a fucking weirdo. (laughs) She was written that way. Okay, I guess. So, essentially, the man writing this is the weirdo. The man, his name is Edward, is all, oh, hey, honey, I'm home, and sets his briefcase down, and this suave man has flowers. So he lifts them up, and he hands them over to the girl, whose name is Louise, and Louise pokes her little cheek, saying, oh, gosh, you gotta find somewhere to put them, silly. It looks like it's morning with a complete breakfast of life cereal and martinis. (laughs) What a delicious breakfast. It's the combo of the gods. Classic breakfast. Edward pours them each one and then smooches Louise. They sigh, and Edward wants to know what's cooking good-looking. And Louise tells him it's a surprise. And Edward smiles here, saying that he's got one, too. Honey, I got the raise. And Louise is so excited, saying that's just wonderful, and they can finally afford that beautiful RV. They lift up their martini glasses, and they cheer themselves. And Louise takes a swig of that morning juice, and then the music gets kind of sinister, right? And she just hurls that martini glass at the sink and it explodes. And she's all, Christ, Edward. I need you. Now. Yeah, that didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Like, her face, she's like smiling. And then her face changes instantly. And you're like, oh, shit's about to go down. And then she's like, no, I want you. It's so funny. I just love the part where she just takes a swig of that martini and then shatters it over in the sink. Super funny. I love it. Yeah, it's good writing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The best. She rips off her maid outfit to reveal some sexy lingerie, Brandon, that I think we've seen before. 
It was in the, the title card thing. It does look a bit familiar. Edward's eyes get all wide, and he just drops his martini glass to the floor, creating even more shattered glass for them to clean up later. Thankfully, this isn't real. It was for the, you know, <laughs> set designers. Yeah, it was for the cleanup clean crew, up. right? <laughs> Now we get the shot of the camera that looks up from the floor, up Luis's legs, and we, we get to see all of her, you know, sexiness. And she steps forward saying that she's been aching for him all day. She steps up to him and rips off his stupid suit and tosses him up on the counter. And Edwards, he kind of seems like not to want this because he says, oh, Louise. But Louise ain't having none of that shit saying, shut up and just enjoy this. And uh, she smooches him a bunch all over his face, down his shirt. And then starts unzipping his pants. But she stops and she says, Oh, God, it's practically talking to me. Yeah, yeah. Which is stupid writing. A man is writing this. Oh, yes, yes. Man writing women. I see it all <laughs> over Reddit. It's stupid and I love it. Yeah. Um, Clothes ripping off is like a huge part of this episode. It is. And the funny thing about like, it is... A quarter of it, maybe, is people tearing clothes off. About. Yeah, if you were to boil this episode down, most of it's just ripping clothes off. It's fun, though, because I'm pretty sure all of it is Velcroed because, like, they were like, okay, we got to rip these clothes off really easily. So, like, later on when they rip clothes off, you can hear, like, the Velcro ripping off of it, too. It's pretty great. Yeah. This fades us back to the Macintosh screen where we see that this was all just some weirdo's fantasy. He says, you know what, that last line was shit. Yep. And it was. Pretty boring screenplay, I gotta say. Yeah, I wouldn't hire him for the podcast or anything at all. So, Edward here, he's at the computer, and he was also in the story because he just puts himself into it because he's dumb. And he just, like, deletes it all. Mm -hmm. And we see him now at the computer as he complains, oh, not again. And he looks over at his poster for It's a Wonderful Life. Which is no doubt a better written movie than what he can produce. And then he snaps up and calls out, Jimmy, why am I doing this to myself? And then he walks away. So he takes all of his inspiration from It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life is like the third main character of this movie. <laughs> and he looks at that poster very frequently. And it it's a choice. Like, he's a screenwriter. So you'd think he would, like, you know, idolize a movie that's got a better script i've never seen i'm not here to trash it's a wonderful life but like it's it's no citizen kane i was gonna say i thought he was gonna have like a citizen's kane poster uh other classic you know movie i've never seen either one of those though i've never seen citizen (laughs) kane or it's a wonderful life well it's not the movie i'd go with (laughs) well he takes all his inspiration from it brand you could tell because his writing is good yeah, I would have a poster, a blank check, and I would be looking at it like, Preston, why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> Over in the kitchen, he's about to get some water because he's a thirsty boy. But gosh darn it, the water's not turning on. So he walks out of his apartment and knocks on the neighbor's door. It's Mr. Stronum, the manager. And he's got this big security camera above his door. And Edward's like, oh, it's Edward Foster from 501. And a man with a podcasting setup in the room turns on his microphone and says, Yeah, what do you want? We see he's looking at Edward on his little TV. And Edward hears complaining about his water being off. But Mr. Stronum cuts him off saying, Yes, I know all about that. And Edward's about to ask if he can fix it. But Mr. Stronum isn't in the fixing mood. So he boops a button and the camera just turns off. What is the deal with all these cameras and stuff? We never find out. He's a very private man. He likes to look at his hallway, okay? On the fifth floor. Yeah, I guess. He doesn't really watch anything else except for the hallway of his fifth floor. Yeah, he watches his own front door. That's where all the good stuff happens. From behind Edward, a woman is walking down the hallway rolling some luggage or something, and she says that she's been here for five years and she's never seen Mr. Stronum. but God forbid you should be a minute late on that rent. They shoot you out of here like a scud missile. Don't be late. I know, right? You just get ejected out of here. She walks up to Edward, who's just got a bunch of, like, clothes or something in his arms, and he says, Oh, honey, boxer shorts in this town? That'll get you exactly nowhere. What does that mean? Um, I think she means why you tell you where it's at, Brandon. But why? I, I assume this is Hollywood. I, I yeah. feel like they're, you know, they're in L.A. She pulls out his dirty underwear, by the way. Like, th- these are his dirty clothes. Yeah, Miss Parker's weird. And she's just like, nah, your underwear is not up to snuff, sir. Well, like, this episode, um, the the other main character, her name's Miranda, and we'll meet her in a little bit. 
like she talks about being like an aspiring actress and it seems like she's in like dirty movies and stuff so i don't know maybe maybe it was parker just assumes everybody in the building wants to shoot dirty movies and look Boxer shorts have no place in those, okay? It's all about them whitey tighties or nothing, okay? Okay. Miss Parker continues saying, please tell me you're not one of those stupid actor types. And he says, no, I'm a screenwriter. And Miss Parker here gets all excited saying that her third husband was a screenwriter. She asks, you working for a big studio? He isn't, but he is writing his first screenplay. He quit his job to write this screenplay and... Miss Parker, like, she's like, oh, where are you working? And she's never heard of it. It doesn't matter, though, because Edward's here now, and he has about $5,000 saved up. (laughs) The elevator dings, so Miss Parker collects her things, saying, well, you're probably making one of those gratuitous movies with the language and the nudity. And she steps into the elevator as Edward tells her, no way, ma'am, I'm totally writing something decent and wholesome. You know, a picture you could go take your kids to or, or your grandma. And the doors to the elevator slowly close as she says, oh, well, that's too bad. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> so she's a little bit of a freak. I guess so. I didn't really get why she was upset about the gratuitous language and nudity and stuff. And then she's like, oh, that's what I wanted. She wasn't. She wants that stuff. She wants the dirty movies and she wants him to be walking around in like a Speedo, not... Boxer shorts. I guess. I guess that's her prerogative, right? That's what she wants. Yeah. This next part, Brandon, we pop over to the basement where Edward is going to go do his laundry. And there's a woman on the phone, like on her, uh, you know, cordless phone here. And she's yelling at Walter to just listen to her. She just can't be involved with anyone right now. It's not him, though. It's her. She's just not ready. Look, if he could just get her in. I mean, come on, just to meet. Walter, he's a major filmmaker. Come on. Now, while this conversation is going on, we see Edward hiding around boxes and looking like a real creep. And he wipes his eyes and looks back at the woman. Yes. And she has changed into that fantasy woman, Louise, in all her sexy, curly, blonde hair. He blinks again, and we see that she's back to her ho-hum self. That's Miranda. Then she just takes off her shirt, and then her bra, and we see some boobs. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, look, it's season three now, Brandon, okay? They had to amp up the boobs. Yeah, it's been months since the last episode. It's been a crime, yeah. Edward loudly ducks behind the box, and Miranda looks, and then puts her shirt back on. She doesn't really see him, though, so she's still, like, on the phone and whatever, like, everything's up and up. So she picks that back up and she's yelling, Walter, just a chance. Walter, you do this for me or you're dead meat with me forever. And she slams the washer closed and huffs away with her 1991 cordless phone. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, this Edward guy. I don't know. How do you feel about Edward? Yeah. Um, he sucks. Agreed. He does. Like, even before he, like, sucks a lot, he sucks a little bit. <laughs> Here, where he, he's... Like, he's a creep, mm-hmm. and he's a weirdo, and yeah, I feel like he's just uh, a pretty unlikable fella. I agree, 100%. But he gets worse. He do- yeah, he's this kind of character that, he starts off like, you're like, oh, he's just writing a screenplay, and then he just spies on her, and it just gets worse from here. I can't wait. Over with the manager, he's yeah. watching his camera, and he sees Edward walking up by his door, and he calls out, hey, kid, I fixed your faucet. Edward walks up with his delicately folded laundry, smiling and saying, already? And the manager tells him, yeah. Anyway, rent's due tomorrow. So that smile fades, and Edward is about to walk away, but he says, Mr. Stronum, there's a beautiful girl that lives in this building. Over in the room, Mr. Stronum has a cigarette lit, or whatever, because we kind of see his lips, and they get really close to that podcasting mic, and he breaks his tenant's privacy by saying, Miranda Singer, 509. Happy hunting, kid. And then he dings his little bellhop bell over and over again and giggles for some reason. I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not understand what that is, but I loved it. He's just like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this episode is just full it of weird hilarious. people. hilarious. <laughs> so stupid. We fade back to Edward over at his Macintosh typing away. And he sighs and he looks over at his giant poster again of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And the woman in it has changed to Miranda now. And he looks at it again and he smiles. And then he types up some more shit, changing every instance of the name Luis to Miranda in his story. And I just put weirdo in my notes here. Just creep shit, you know. Yeah, just a creepy, thirsty man. He was thirsty, but the water did not work. (laughs) It didn't quench his thirst. So he has to stalk people. (laughs) 
Over with Miranda, she's answering her door, asking if it's the messenger. It's not, though. It's Edward. And he introduces himself, but Miranda is on the phone with Alex. So she invites him in and walks away, saying, Alex, every girl in town is reading for this part. They've got pages and everything. I need the fucking roll. And I'm going to scream if you mention Bimbo Beach 2. I need these pages. You got it? And she slams the antenna down on her phone, which apparently ends calls, and looks over at Edward, asking, What are you Mm -hmm. doing? Edward is just looking at her mail for some reason and laughs about one coming from Indiana. And Miranda asks who the fuck he is. <laughs> and he points again at the address saying, it's Larry Bird's hometown. The camera gets close up on Miranda's face and she just screams, get out of here! That's fair. It really is. I mean, she did technically invite him in, but I just love this interaction. I thought it was perfect. Yeah, that's a problem she has to the whole episode where <laughs> she keeps like letting this guy into her life and then being like, why are you here? Go away. <laughs> Why have I created this problem for myself? <laughs> the door to her apartment opens up, and Edward walks out, and Miranda slams the door, screaming, out, 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 over and over and over again. Edward finishes the thought, saying, because I'm from Indiana too, you see. And then he sighs, and he walks away, but the door opens back up, and Miranda apologizes for her screaming and door slamming. Edward smiles her way as he says that yeah. sometimes like, she instantly. lets things get to her, in this little town. And she lifts up her hands for a shake, saying she's Miranda Singer, and Edward introduces himself, too, and apologizes for going through her mail like a weirdo. Miranda's phone rings for a quarter of a second, and she answers it, saying, Hello? Alex? And she scooches back into her apartment, telling Edward to come back over later for a drink, and slams the door. Edward's all, Okay, sure, I can do that. You were rid of him, Miranda. She she had enough. You kicked out. him out of your apartment, and you were free, <laughs> and you just invited him back. She's, uh, she causes her own problems. I wouldn't say she deserves what happens, but, you know. It's not surprising. Back in Edward's room, we see that picture of a wonderful life again. Like you said, it is really the third main character. Edward, he slam dunks a basketball. Because he's got a little basketball hoop above him for one. He just can't write and he just needs to play some basketball. The music is happy here because he's in love. And he kicks his feet back with a smile. And we cut over to him in a white suit and flowers, exiting his apartment with a song in his heart. And he waltzes over to Miranda's apartment door, singing, and knocks on it. But no one answers for two seconds. So he knocks again and checks his watch. We see (laughs) that the security camera looking his way, because Mr. Stronum has nothing better to do with his time. And he wheezes and watches Edward with a cigarette in his hand. The elevator door opens up and Miranda walks out with another man. And she goes to open up her apartment and notices Edward is creeping around. So she smiles saying, oh, hi. And Eddie says hi. And Miranda comments that them some pretty flowers you got there. Got yourself a midnight rendezvous? And Edward's all, um. And Miranda pulls the other man into her apartment by the tie. And Eddie, his heart shatters. So he tosses that crappy bouquet of flowers to the ground. We see that Mr. Stronum is seeing all of this. And he's got his cameras closed in on the flowers on the ground. And we hear him say, see you soon, kid. See you real soon. And he chuckles to himself with that cigarette. And this is a real good one because he just keeps laughing about it. It's hilarious. Yeah, this Mr. Stronum, he's, he's a comedian. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite screenwriter. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we have. We are so thankful for you spending some time with us. We're back for season three of Tales from the Crypt. I've heard there's a lot of great episodes to look forward to, so I'm excited for you to join us as we laugh through it all. To support the show and get access to tons of bonus content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash private island. We post new content multiple times a week for you to enjoy, like early release episodes, bonus episodes, bloopers, and so much more. There's a tier available for everybody. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Beths, Veniswitch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad Magical, and Faith, the Goths, Stephen, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, Brittany, Rachel, Sid, and Corey, the citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Ryan, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith, and your boys and girls, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. Of course, we're all over social media, too. You can find us on Instagram and threads at Up All Night Podcast, at UAN Pod on Twitter, at Up All Night HA Podcast on YouTube, and at Private Island Presents on TikTok. 
We post plenty of content for you to enjoy from every episode that we cover. Hang out with me live on Wednesday nights starting about 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Instagram to watch full-length episodes of the shows that we cover. I'm also live all the time on Twitch, so follow me there at twitch.tv slash privateislandc. I play plenty of horror-themed games, and we just have a great time talking to chat. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening in. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. That, like, that laugh scene, it happens for a long time. So we finally fade in to see Edward is in the elevator. And the door opens up and Miranda pops in saying, Hey, it's Edward, Indiana. Oh, I must be the most insensitive person in the world. Weren't we supposed to have drinks the other night? Edward here, he plays it cool. He shrugs like, oh, with them old plans. They stand there in silence for a second and Miranda says, uh, aren't oh, you going She could have somewhere? just ignored him and been free of him again. She doesn't do that, though. Look, I mean, in her defense, she doesn't know that he's that weird yet, right? I mean, he was going through her mail. Yeah, it's a red flag right there. She ignored it, though. Eddie looks around saying, oh, uh, nope. And then he boops the elevator button. Later, in Miranda's apartment, she's pouring some glasses of wine or something, and Edward's there for some reason. <laughs> He explains that he's working on this script, and she'd be perfect for it. She thinks that's nice and hands him his drink. And he gets all weird about it, saying that he even changed the girl's name in it to Miranda after they met. And she just walks away as he further explains that he changed the name from Louise to Miranda after her. She thinks that's sweet, and he says he thinks that they can make, you know, they can make him pretty famous. He's got a great feeling about it because they're both from Indiana. Miranda cuts to the chase here, asking, You want to go out with me, don't you? And Edward is stupid and says, Very much, yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah. This whole interaction is so crazy. Act like you've been there before, Edward. Miranda stands up saying, Look, you're a really nice guy, and I want to be as honest as possible. You ain't doing nothing for me, and I can't do anything for you. I'm sure you're going to be rich and famous one day, and on that day, we'll have a date. Nine o'clock. I'll cook for you. And Eddie, he smiles a little awkwardly, and Miranda raises her glass, saying, Here's your persistence in getting what you want. And they clink glasses, and Miranda's phone rings. She goes over to get it and stops to call back that he can find his own way out. And she answers her phone, saying, Hello, Alex? You what? Alex, you call them right back and tell them frontal nudity has never been a problem for Miranda Singer. Yes, I'll hold. Good to know. Um... Is Alex the guy she was with the other night, or is Alex just her agent who we never see? I think it might be her agent that we never see. There is an IMDb-credited role for somebody named Larry, but I don't know if that's the guy that she brings into her apartment or what. I'm not going to cover him. Okay. Now, while that little conversation is happening, we see Miranda struggling to unzip her clothes, as we also see that Edward is imagining her as Louise from his story with all her glorious blonde hair. Eddie slowly takes some steps over to Miranda like a fucking weirdo, and then caresses her hair. And Mm -hmm. we see Miranda slash Louise sigh in delight, and Eddie gets even closer and wraps his arms around her. She gets even more excited, calling her a mind reader. Suddenly, we snap back to reality, where weirdo Eddie puts his arms around real Miranda, who whips around and yells, You dipshit little Midwest weasel! And punches him in the face, and then pushes him out of the apartment, and he tumbles to the ground, hitting a fire extinguisher. Yeah, so that's not a thing you should do. No, I was like, oh. This is, I mean, like, I knew Eddie was a weirdo before, but this is the part I was just like, oh. (laughs) Oh, that's bad. Yeah, he just, like, daydreams about her, and then he's like, well, just gonna go grope her, I guess. It's not what you do, Edward. Over at Stronum's apartment, Eddie here is talking into the camera, introducing himself again, saying that he has the rent money, and asks if he wants him to slide it under the door. There's no response, so he starts sliding it under the door, but the door creaks open. So Edward, the man that gives into all of his intrusive thoughts, just walks right on in. He slowly makes his way down the hallway, meekly calling out for Mr. Stronum. And the door behind him slams shut, and he takes a look around the shittiest apartment I've ever seen. It's uh, it's really dark. There's doors blocked <laughs> off for it some looks reason. Like, yeah, it looks like a, a zombie movie, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mid-apocalypse, where all the windows are boarded up and, you know, half-filled tins of food everywhere. 
It's weird. He also has like a bunch of pictures of women from like the 40s on his wall. It's just a bunch of headshots. Yeah, that's a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Wonder if that'll come up again. He calls again for Mr. Stronum, and then the curtains open up to reveal his little office, where Mr. Stronum is sitting at his desk with his cigarette because he cannot stop smoking. He says, she kept you waiting for five fucking hours, and she didn't even remember that you had a date with her. We see the old man's face now as he scooches into camera, asking if he wants some help. Then Mr. Stronum gives that classic line, Brandon. Women. You can't live with them, but you can't cut them up into tiny pieces and tell the neighbor she's in Palm Springs either. <laughs> classic. Yeah, when I put that in my notes, because I, I listened to the part where he says woman can't live with him, and I said I assumed he was going to say can't live without him, but he didn't. But I already write, I already wrote down. Sure. Then he gives that classic line, so that's the new classic line. Yep. Eddie nervously smiles because he finally found somebody that's weirder than himself, and he says, "Yeah, uh, good point. You must be quite a ladies' <laughs> uh, man, maybe." <laughs> Borderline. It's close. <laughs> Some collection you have out there, those photographs. Mr. Stronum ain't really listening, though, and he asks, You want another truth, kid? I never met a single one of them. You really love her, this Miranda. And Eddie smiles, saying that he's been waiting for her his whole life. Durnham smiles and raises up a little heart-shaped bottle, and Eddie assures him he does not do drugs. Durnham says, If you really love her, kid, just say yes. Well, that's not creepy. Yeah. You'll do these drugs. Yep. This is just an allegory for doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Very subtle. That's gonna be the that's gonna be what I learned from this episode. We cut away from that over to Edward knocking on Miranda's door. She opens it up asking, What's all the hubba? And Edward wants to apologize for before when he groped her. And Miranda tells him to just move out of the building and they can call it even. Yeah. She goes to close the door, but Edward stops her saying, No, I, I can't stand having you hate me. And he lifts up a bottle of like wine or something, asking for just one drink. Miranda just wants this shit to be over with quickly, so Edward is let inside. Why? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not a great idea, Miranda. I don't want a victim blame, but just fucking stop, lady. <laughs> She's a sweetheart, I don't know. <laughs> I do love this part, though, because Miranda <laughs> is, like, completely uninterested in him, and it's really good. Over at the champagne glasses, Eddie says that he needs an opener. So Miranda just stares at him and says anything to make the time go faster. She walks away for a moment and Eddie slips in all the red liquid that was given to him by Mr. Stronum into a clear cup. He puts his hand over the bottom of the glass so that she can't see that there's, you know, some drugs in there. And Miranda returns with the wine opener. He opens that shit up. He pours them a drink. Thankfully, it's the same color as the potion. So she can't tell there's drugs in there. Yeah thankfully for him he hands her the drink and is about to give him a, a you know a cheers and stuff but she just grabs it and drinks it all and they stare at each other for a second and miranda tells him to leave and they can pretend that he drank his love that part she walks away but he begs miranda if if you could just get to know me but she stops and she pulls out her phone saying 911 you ever heard of it she's like so antagonistic to him here which you know is understandable but also just like Stop. Stop inviting him in your house. I can't stress this enough. <laughs> yeah, that's the real moral of the story. Don't invite weirdos into your house. Instead of leaving like he should, Eddie walks after her asking, Don't you feel anything for me? Over in the bedroom, Miranda is on the phone with 911 to report an intruder in her apartment. There's a man there, and he will not get out. He won't get out. He won't get out. He won't get out. Clothes. And she just stares at him, and Eddie smiles and runs over, and they passionately smooch now that the drugs have kicked in. Oh, Miranda's all, Christ, you taste good. And Eddie says, yeah, I know. I'm glad she finally loves him. Ah, oh, I know, right? Mm. Drug-induced love. We've never seen that before. She rips off her clothes, Brandon, and she is just in a sexy red nighty thingy and jumps on the bed, and more clothes are torn, torn off and until we fade away. And now we're in Eddie's apartment, and the two are lying in the bed, and Miranda says, Edward, let me read your script. And he says, oh, it's not quite finished yet. She doesn't give a fuck. Also, <laughs> that reminds her. And she gets up on Eddie, saying, we're not finished. Eddie tells her that they've been at it all night, and it's time to get up. And Miranda seductively agrees, saying that she wants to take him all the way. And she's going to be so good to him, and then they smooch some more. 
More time passes, and we see Edward is typing in his little screenplay or whatever, and Miranda is just sitting in his chair. She's staring up at him and says, you know, you're beautiful, spiritually. You're a total writing machine, and a, and a capital G genius. Eddie smiles, saying, yeah, I love you too, darling. She's eating this shit up, saying, oh my god, what a great line. I mean, that should be in your scene. And Eddie switches the subject, asking her if she has had an audition today. She's all, yeah, but I canceled it to be near you. Eddie gets serious now, saying that he's got to write. She's all, oh yeah, of course you do, darling. And I'm going to help you with that scene. And then she crawls on the ground and goes under the table and unzips his pants. Yeah. It's so funny how quickly he is, like, over this. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like, it's, it's probably been, like, a day or two, and he's already like, shit. (laughs) this chick won't leave me alone it's been like 12 hours (laughs) it's it's stupid yeah i mean that's that's what happens in all these stories i was watching a twilight zone Mm -hmm. about a love potion and like it's the exact same thing where it's like oh be careful what you wish for it's like yeah we get it i remember that goosebumps episode (laughs) don't drug people Later on, we see Miranda pop out of another room, and she has that maid outfit on, like we saw in the like beginning opener thing. And she's also got that blonde wig on yeah. that his character Luis had. And I, I don't know why this exists in real life as opposed to the screenplay. <laughs> I don't get it. Everything that he writes is based on something from real life. He's actually not very good at coming up with his own things. Apparently not. It's awful. He's just transcribing life. He saw that wig in a store, and he, like, bought it, and then he just went home and wrote about it. It's really, uh, it's stupid. She twirls around asking what he thinks, and Eddie's all snuggled up in his bed with a coat on, and he says, Well, what do I think? I think I'm exhausted. Words I never thought would cross these lips, Miranda. I'm fucked out. Well, Miranda isn't exhausted, and she rips off her little apron saying, I am not fucked out. And she pops off her outfit to reveal some sexy black lingerie, Brandon. She says, I'll never be with you. The more I do it, the more I want it. I'm gonna drain you dry. Man, this is awkward to say. And she hops on top of Eddie, who struggles to get away, but she's got him tied around her legs, and he just can't get away. I'm sure this was written uh, by a man. Uh, 100%, yeah. Outside the apartment, we see old Miss Parker, and she's hearing what's going on in that apartment, and she's smiling because she knows that they're in love. Now Eddie is out of bed and trying to fend off Miranda, whose body is aching for him, and he tries to juke around her to get away, but she corners him until he throws her into his bed and makes his escape. He runs to the bathroom and slams the door closed as she bangs on it for him. After a moment, he opens it up, saying that he's gotta go. She says that she'll come with him, but he tells her, no, I gotta do this alone, and he tries to run away from her. But she jumps on his back, and he yells that he doesn't want to be with her anymore. But this hatred just gives Miranda strength. Then he fucking backhands her, and she flings into the bed. And then she laughs a little, saying, oh man, you could never hurt me. And Eddie looks at her for a second, and then he just leaves. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely wild. (laughs) He is a shit. Now we cut over to Durnham's apartment where Eddie busts in, and we see a new picture on the wall, and it's Miranda Singer. But Eddie doesn't see that. Eddie begs Durnham to make it all stop, and he says that there's no cure for this love. There's no antidote for a poison this strong. You'd do anything to get rid of her though, wouldn't you? And Eddie nods, and Durnham smiles, and then Eddie comes to the realization that all those women on the wall, they're all dead. And Durnham gets this little sympathetic eyebrow going and says, well, those men wanted love. I had the power to give it to them. And then they wanted death. The only way out. Eddie tells him, yeah, maybe for them, but not for me. And Durnham boops a button and a TV behind him turns on. And we see Miranda is outside the apartment looking right into the camera. And she calls out for Edward, which makes Edward cringe. And Miranda just knows he's in there. She offers to wait for him to come out, and Durnham lights up another cigarette as she says that they have the rest of their lives. She calls out for Edward a few more times, and then Durnham turns off the camera. He's done. He's seen it all. (laughs) This is very much like Till Death, though, except for no zombies. There's no zombies in this episode. Spoilers. Yeah, so it's like Till Death, but worse. Yeah. It's like a shittier Till Death. 
Eddie accuses Durnham that he knew this would happen, and Durnham smiles, saying that he was just trying to help. Then he lifts up another vial of some liquid of sorts. This one's not a love potion, though. Over with Miranda, she's in Eddie's office, tip-tapping away at that Macintosh. Eddie enters with this deranged look on his face, like his makeup looks like he's been beat to shit. Yeah, it looks rough. Miranda calls out, hello, darling, and she smiles, saying, look, I helped you finish your script, and look, there's some champagne. He thinks that's all great, and she offers to go get an opener, you know, to open up the champagne. She gets up to, to get that shit, and Eddie moseys over to the glasses and pours in that vial of liquid. He starts kind of humming to himself as he opens up the bottle, no problem, and Miranda's all, oh, silly me, champagne doesn't need an opener, it needs a pop. Eddie's all, that's right, you silly goose, and Miranda ushers him over to go check out the crap she wrote on his computer because she is a... I mean, she probably did write better than him. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he can't do much worse. <laughs> he looks over at his champagne and picks up Eddie's glass, replacing her own. And Eddie looks at her shit writing, saying that it's totally wonderful and romantic, and suggests they have a toast. Miranda hands him a glass as he toasts her, saying, Here's to persistence and getting what you want. And they drink that drink, and Eddie gets all woozy. And he looks right at the camera saying, oh, shit. And then he falls over on the bed, and he fucking dies. Good. <laughs> I know, right? He's a bit of a shit, isn't he? Yeah. A nice little bit of uh, dramatic irony for him. It is nice. But it's not over yet, Brandon, because this episode goes on a little bit here. In the afterlife. <laughs> In the afterlife, Brandon, we see... Yes, <laughs> I think you mean a foggy black room. Yes. This afterlife here is literally just a foggy room. It's like an Are You Afraid of the Dark room. Uh, it's just this black cube with fog. It's floors. a Gary void. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I gotta say, Brandon, we had talked about, is there any episodes of Tales from the Crypt where the, the main character gets trapped in an endless void at the end? And we were like, well, there's probably going to be one, right? Well, here we are. We're prophets, Brandon. We knew. Literally the next episode. <laughs> the best part though he's in this white robe and he looks over at two people and they are in similar white robes and then up pops miranda in her blonde wig calling out for edward saying oh my darling i found you when i saw you died i was so upset i threw myself out the window and then we look at her face which is all beat to hell her eye is swollen shut and like her lips are all like fucked up and she says, now we'll be together for love forever. And she's missing some teeth. You know, they're kind of blacked out. And she goes in for a smooch. And Eddie just screams a whole bunch. And it's like slowed down. And it sounds like absolute shit. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I just love that, like, even in the afterlife, it's like, you died by... Oh my god. Hitting your face, so now just for eternity, your face is just fucked up. I, I love to think about that stuff, too. I, I just... So, so, so is this trying to tell me if I was a baby and I died, that I'd just be a baby for eternity? Like, I wouldn't get to be what I would have been? Yes. Just a baby. <laughs> Some dude in a white robe has to take care of me. For you don't get to walk, ever. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. I just, uh, man, this ending is so, it's so rushed, you know, like what happens to Durnham? I don't know. He just goes on doing whatever he does, I guess. Yeah. Just keep filling up that wall with pictures of weird people. <laughs> it's so stupid. Over with our best buddy, the Crypt Keeper. He says, good old Edward. He should have stuck to sending mash notes. Maybe then he wouldn't have ended up in a state of holy deadlock. The camera pans back and we see Crypty taking a little puff on a cigarette and there's the skeletal corpse of a person in a wig next to him. And he looks over at it saying, oh, was it good for you too? In response, the skeleton's head pops off and rolls across the bed and he says, <laughs> oh, talk about head over heels. And he laughs. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, I could have done without seeing the Crypt Keeper in bed post-coitus. <laughs> Uh, I think that's probably what we're going to get from now on, Brandon. He's a new and improved Crypt Keeper. What can we say? That's season three. <laughs> they gave him better eyes. <laughs> you know, from there. Uh, it's so funny, Brandon. This is what we want to see. Moral of the story, Brandon. This one gives us a couple, I think. Yeah, like lots. Don't be a creep. Don't drug people. Mm-hmm. 
don't grope people. Yeah. Uh, don't stalk people. Okay. Don't invite people into your house or apartment uh, when they're obviously terrible people. Yep. Don't talk to your neighbors. And uh, <laughs> the afterlife sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't die, you know? It'll suck. Yeah, if you can help it, because <laughs> it does not get better. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I learned, Brandon, what I learned is if you're going to be a screenwriter, take your inspiration from one movie and one movie only, and it's it's a wonderful life. That's, that's the best thing ever made. Yeah, a not great movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, alternate episodes, Brandon, uh, episode titles, was this one called Love to Death? I mean, that kind of gives it away, I think. Yeah. I almost knew exactly what um, we were getting. Uh, The Creep? The Creep. I like it. I, In fact, I probably can't think of one better. <laughs> I think that's a perfect name. All right. You know, Brandon, I have, Nailed to, it in one. I have to say, when I read the uh, little introduction for this one, it talked about how Miranda was a, a gold-digging bimbo. I don't think that she was much of a yeah, gold digger. Yeah, I don't get that impression at all. Yeah, exactly. She wanted to make her own way as an actress. Exactly. And sure, she'll get her titties out, but like she still has uh, <laughs> dignity. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe they wrote that one because she has that line of like, oh, when you're famous, we'll have a date. But like, look at him, you know? That's what you would say to get him out of your face. Yeah, also he's the worst, so I don't blame her. Exactly. Well, Brandon, do you want to meet this cast? Yeah, who are these people that I don't know at all? Hmm. Well, let's start with our main character, Edward, played by Andrew McCarthy. And Andrew here has been... Oh, I know him. He's been in a lot of things. Yeah, what do you know him from? I know him from um, Weekend at Bernie's, of course. Oh, yes, classic. Uh, Also, most recently, which was still, I guess, a few years ago, he was on this uh, show called Good Girls. Yep. And uh, it was terrible. Okay. Terrible show. I'll I'll mark that one off my to-watch list. All right. He was also in 13 Reasons Why, which uh, is another... uh, It's on Netflix, and it it kind of, like, romanticizes suicide, which I don't don't like. He started things off, though. Let's go back to the beginning, Brandon, because he's been in a couple of things. He started things off in 1983 with Class. He was also in St. Elmo's Fire and Pretty in Pink. Okay. Oh, yeah, he was in that. Yeah, with our girl Molly Ringwald. I'm surprised we haven't talked about her yet. Oh, is she in one of these? Because she seems like she would be. I'd imagine she's going to be in one, right? I'd be surprised if she's not. Probably like, oh, I've got to shed my, like, teenage... Yes. ...like, image, so I'll be in this Tales from the Crypt where I get torn apart by a gold-digging zombie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he was also in something called I Woke Up Early the Day I Died. That sounds boring. Um, Diggity's Treasure, The Secret Life of Zoe, Camp Hell in 2010. He was in Gossip Girl. He's in all the girls. Most recently, he was in an episode of The Blacklist from 2023. Cool. Cool. Yep. Still working. Yeah. Next up, let's talk about Miranda, played by Muriel Hemingway. She started things off even earlier, 1976, with Lipstick. Um, let's see what else she was in here. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Naked Gun 33 the and a third. Superman. The final insult. I've never seen any of the Superman, I'm not gonna lie. The worst naked gun. <laughs> Kiss of a Stranger, Brandon. That sounds just like this episode, kind of. I don't really recognize any of this stuff. He's, she's still working, though, Brandon. 2023, God's oh, Country right. Song. So, she's still doing stuff. She's also in On Sacred Ground in 2023, too. Alright. Actors acting. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, she looks like somebody that I've seen before, but I don't think I have. So let's move on to... uh, We're going to move on to Mr. Durnham, played by the late David Hemmings, who passed away in 2003. David here, he's been in, again, a shit ton of things. Started things off in 1954 with an uncredited role in The Rainbow Jacket. In 1962, he was in something called Murder Can Be Deadly. And, uh... I mean, that's uh, kind of obvious, but okay. Huh. I guess, yeah, it could. I mean, if you think <laughs> about it. <laughs> I guess wouldn't you put it that way? Murder <laughs> is the most dangerous thing. <laughs> he was in a lot of stuff that I don't recognize from the 60s, uh, the 70s, 
He was in something called the Heroin Busters in 1977. I wonder if that's some superhero stuff. Like superheroes that are on heroin? Or they're just busting all the heroines, peoples. I don't know. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 1980. Beverly Hills Cowgirl Blues. Okay, well, I don't know what I said that. Like, I was going to know what it was. He was in two episodes of Magnum P.I. <laughs> he was in Kung Fu The Legend Continues. I've heard of that show. The last thing he was in, 2007 romantic with a k at the end instead of a c so you know it's good wait a second that came out in 2007 but he died in 2003 that's weird oh well they were sitting on that one for a while yeah it was in post-production for years brandon last up let's talk about miss parker played by kathleen freeman who has also been in so many things started off very long time ago in 1948 with the naked city by the way she has passed away she passed away in 2001 oh oh no but Brandon, really great things, Brandon. She was in Shrek. She played a voice of an old woman. Well, she was good at it. She was in some big things, actually, because she was in Nutty Professor 2. She was in the Rugrats movie. She was in Joe Dirt. And she did some voice work in As Told by Ginger. Before she passed away. Great stuff. Yeah, some oh, big things. Hold on, Brandon. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. She was also in Baby Geniuses. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And she was in Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. Well, so, I didn't know we were in the presence of royalty. Well, you know, it, just, it had to happen sooner or later. Somebody was in Baby Geniuses. And here we are. <laughs> Fuck. Now that we've said that, we're going to have to cover that in the plot points. Ugh. I was just thinking that. I was like, God damn it. We're going to do Baby Geniuses one of these days. I've never seen the movie. I never wanted to see the movie, but... Damn it, I Oh, if, if you hated The Little Rascals, <laughs> oh. if I got a movie for you. Man, now I feel like I have to. Ugh. I'll do it for the patrons. <laughs> That's all I want to say about Love to Death, though, Brandon. I think we should uh, talk about what's coming next. All right. What is it? This one also has the word death in it. The next episode, season three, episode two, is called Carrion Death. Okay. Okay. That could be just about anything. Well, let me read out the little IMDb description here. It says, A sadistic serial killer has unforeseen complications when pursued by a determined motorcycle cop in a barren desert. That sounds pretty interesting. Okay, that sounds really interesting. Like, that's a pretty unique concept for one of these shows. Yeah. Well, I mean... There wasn't going to be, like, serial killers and goosebumps, but, yeah, I'm excited to see. I think it's going to be pretty cool. It's either going to be really good or really boring, because it's kind of just set in a desert, but I think they're going <laughs> to they're gonna play with a lot of fun stuff. I bet you somebody's going to get hit with a cactus or something. It's going to be great. Yeah. Ooh, there's only two characters. Count in me it. in. Interesting. Well, it's the desert. There's not a lot of people. Eh, that's true. Oh, well, Brandon, we've been at it for over an hour here. I think I'm done with... Um, love to death i think i'm out of here i don't want to talk about it anymore yeah i'm done with love to death and i'm done with you (gasps) how dare you brandon well i've been up all night i'm gonna let you go so you can just get over yourself god damn (laughs) i'm a trifling old bitch what can i say (laughs) we all know and we all love it but uh yeah i'm out of here brandon i'll let you go to sleep i've been up all night i will talk to you later next week carrying death i'll see you then yeah all right bye all right Bye, bye everybody Yeah, what do you want?